You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. Each month on our program, we usually take on just one of four powerful topics. Well, today we're taking on all four mental illness, suicide, incarceration, and homelessness. And the reason we're taking on all four topics today is we're talking about New Year's resolutions that won't make you lose weight or help you start exercising but they will give you opportunities to make a big difference in your community. Okay, let's get started. The mental health download starts now. Our first guest is Noe Rodriguez, who leads our Homeless Outreach and Rapid Response Team. They are on the front lines of helping to end homelessness in Tulsa. Together, they provide mobile street outreach to individuals and families experiencing homelessness. They seek them out wherever they may be, whether that's an encampment, under a bridge, or on the streets. Through regular contact, they build trust and relationships as they connect them to essential community services. In addition, they work with law enforcement to ensure people stay connected to services and avoid being ticketed or incarcerated. Their ultimate goal is to give people experiencing homelessness and their families an opportunity to start new lives. So, Noe, as someone who's out on the front lines of ending homelessness, what are some of the ways our listeners can help the people you serve every day? Well, there's a variety of things, Matt. I think one is care packs or uh, blessing bags, I don't know, whatever you want to call them. Basically, it's a hygiene pack, some food in it, and maybe some hot hands or gloves for the winter, some packs for women, uh, just personal hygiene for women as well. Uh, We we separate the packs between, like, seasonal and then male and female. But if any group or civic organization or Girl Scouts, anyone who would like to make those packs, put it together, the Mental Health Association has a list of what we recommend to put in the packs, Uh, They can get together, uh, fill those packs, send them our way, and those packs go directly into the hands of those that are uh, most vulnerable, those that are unsheltered, those that are staying out. Another way is to, to donate. There's a lot of great organizations. I work for a really good one, a really great one, Mental Health Association. If you want to invest in, in what we do in terms of uh, homelessness, and uh, if you want to buy big packs and new socks, we can always use those as well. Uh, there's some other ways you can give too. If you go on the website, there's Adopt a Home. It's a great concept, you know, providing a home for somebody who is unsheltered. And it's for six months, and we wrap services around them. Uh, they're able to get into an apartment, and we're able to kind of help them start rebuilding their lives. That's awesome, Noe. Um, you know, what are some of those things that people can do just on a human-to-human level, you know, treating people with dignity and respect. There's great places to volunteer. I know that we have, we have volunteers help us at uh, the Denver House, which is our drop-in center. And if you want to support us that way or, or help get out and, and volunteer, that's a great way as well. Uh, I know that when you see individuals who are panhandling, one of their biggest uh, concerns, uh, just talking with them, is that, you know, they feel invisible. And so... Although you may not give them uh, any money or change, just uh, looking at them, waving, and and just speaking kind words to them is sometimes all that they need to hear. 
but I know that that's a, that's a difficult uh, thing to do when you feel maybe, uh, I don't know what the right word is, guilty, you shouldn't, but, you know, instead look at them, wave, say good morning, and uh, maybe say a prayer for them. Tell us about some of the ways that you yourself, when you were getting into, you know, having a heart in homelessness, what were some of those ways that you kind of transformed your your way of thinking, your way of seeing homelessness? Well, I've always had compassion for people, especially hurting people. You know, before I, I worked at the association, uh, I worked at John 316 for several years, and uh, I'm an ordained minister, and so I've always had just compassion for people for those that are just that that are hurting or struggling and so but some of the changes are is the misconception that people want to be homeless. I hear that a lot. That's their choice. And I sort of believe that in the beginning, but as I begin to work with those especially those that are chronically homeless, those that have stayed out 10 years, 12 years, uh, I've seen given the opportunity and given the resources that they want something different. And because we have been able to build rapport and relationship with them, uh, their choice is something different. And given options, uh, they have chosen to leave their current lifestyle that they were in and to find a place to call their own, a home, an apartment. And yeah, that's probably been the biggest one. Our next guest is Dr. Julie Summers. She leads our Outreach and Prevention Services Department. Julie also leads many of our QPR suicide prevention trainings that are teaching people to ask a question and save a life from suicide. So Julie, can you tell us what just regular people can do right now, you know, as this new year is starting, to be a part of the solution to prevent suicide? One of the things that's common in people that are feeling suicidal is that they're isolated. So I think one of the things that all of us can do is just reach out beyond ourselves to people that are struggling or people that we know that might be kind of isolated and check in with them and just let them know we're thinking about them and that we care about them. Give me some of the steps that they can do to join a QPR session. Well, the Mental Health Association and some other organizations as well are doing QPR various places throughout the community, in faith communities, in businesses, in community groups. So if you'd like to be a part of QPR, contact us to let us know that you're interested. Julie, when you first were learning about suicide prevention efforts, what were some of the things that were sort of a perspective changer for you that made you see suicide in a new way that, you know, perhaps maybe you saw it as something that we couldn't prevent? And then, you know, what what made you see that, oh my gosh, yes, this is the most preventable form of death there is, and it's just a matter of us learning those warning signs. Well, I actually became involved in the mental health field because I knew of somebody who died by suicide, and I felt like uh, I wanted to be a part of the solution. And QPR is so simple, and I think learning about QPR was was what turned the tide for me in terms of uh, feeling like anybody can make a difference. Because it's so simple, you learn how to ask the question, you learn how to persuade someone to get help, and you learn how to be the help that helps them get referred until help comes. So question, persuade, and refer. QPR can just make such a difference, and it's such a a quick training that anybody can learn how to do. 
you know, there's there's people who hopefully they'll 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 find the nearest QPR session to them. But for right now, if someone has concerns about a, themselves or a loved one who they may think has thoughts of suicide, what are some of those warning signs that you would tell them to be on the lookout for? So if somebody is very withdrawn and isolated, if they start um, giving away things that are important to them, if they um, are withdrawing from um, things they once enjoyed and are talking about death or talking about not being here, those are all pretty strong warning signs that something has shifted. And it's really important to address that and to do two things. Ask the question and have in mind the resources that you will refer someone to. And where do you refer them? Any emergency room or mental health clinic is going to have an on-call person who can help you. So ask the question and be prepared to refer. So we're here with Melissa Baldwin, who oversees our criminal justice reform efforts. So today we're talking about how, in this new year, what people can do to resolve, you know, to make a resolution that they can actually keep. And that means what can they do to make an impact to reduce the number of people who are incarcerated simply because they have a disease, mental illness. Um, So give them some of those action points that they can take to make a difference. So I think the first step is to make up your mind that this matters to you because it really should. Also from a taxpayer standpoint, it's one of the most expensive things that we can do is incarcerate human beings. It's also one of the most, has has some of the most serious and grave consequences taking away someone's rights like that. So this is a significant issue that needs to be understood by more in the community. So step two, after you've decided that this is important to you, is really finding sources of education because it's confusing. It's a big, complex system. A lot of people don't know the difference between a jail and a prison. And you know what? That's okay. There's different parts that you have that you can know. So find ways to engage, and that can look differently um, wherever you are in the state and in your community. For me personally, it started um, engaging through my church. We had a group on criminal justice, and that's where I started to learn information. So churches might have different groups um, and ministries that you can do some direct service and involvement with people who are impacted by incarceration. Um, there's a lot of national efforts that you can stay in tune with, such as the Stepping Up Initiative. That's a nationwide initiative that's really driven more on a local county level with the goal of reducing the number of people with mental illness in jail. So you could go to steptoptogether.org and learn more about that and sign up for kind of action alerts. Um, Here at Mental Health Association, we do advocacy alerts. So if you want to stay informed on more of a, a state level policy with criminal justice, you could go to our website and sign up for advocacy alerts. There's also another statewide coalition that really focuses on this. That's Oklahomans for Criminal Justice Reform. You could sign up to receive information and alerts from them as well. So there's there's many ways from a local in your community volunteering through, you know, taking action with your state um, representatives and senators through different advocacy alerts. But really, it starts with building a foundation of of knowledge about the system. Our final guest is Mike Brose. Mike has served as Mental Health Association Oklahoma CEO for over 25 years. 
The question we have for Mike is what people can do to help fight the stigma of mental illness that often keeps people experiencing mental illness from seeking treatment for fear someone may find out. So Mike, what's your take on a New Year's resolution to battle the stigma of mental illness? Uh, New Year's resolutions are just fine, um, but they are focused usually on ourselves. I think what we're talking about here is taking that and adding to that where uh, challenging ourselves and uh, people around us, people listening to the podcast to uh, take on New Year's resolutions about changing something in their world uh, from what it is to the better. Uh, this case we're talking about reducing stigma of mental illness, substance abuse, and um, uh, you know, and how do you do that? Uh, that's always a question that uh, uh, you know comes up. We talk about it. First, I want to say that I, I like to sometimes to get stigma to, I call it like an egg and you crack it open and outruns prejudice and discrimination are uh, the, the yolk and the white of the egg of, of stigma. And I think if we really uh, dig, dig down within ourselves and in, and in the culture, you start to see that stigma is really about various forms of prejudice and discrimination. Um, and so uh, I think it's a great thing. It's a great topic. So how do we do that, though? You know, and it starts with me. And it starts with you. Um, and it starts with the listeners. Um, you know, what, what can I do? Well, first of all, mental health issues and substance abuse touch every single family. It may not be you, but it's somebody you know or love. Uh, it could be you. Or if it's not you today, it might be you uh, at some point in time. Um, it could be one of your children. It can be a parent, an aging parent. Uh, it touches all of us. So we're all in this together. So that means uh, that the day has um, come. Uh, the, 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 we've, arri we've arrived at that moment in, in, in history where we don't have to be embarrassed about uh, admitting to either about ourselves or someone we know or love has a mental health issue in the same way that we don't have to be embarrassed about somebody saying that they've been diagnosed with cancer or they've been diagnosed uh, with a liver ailment or they have the gout. Uh, we don't have to be any more, uh, we can be just as open and honest about that. Things just happen. But um, we still sort of hang on to that it's a characterological issue. It isn't. Uh, it's a, it's an illness issue. It's just something that happens to all of us, addiction included. And so we don't have to do that anymore. And uh, I think that um, it starts with each of us as an individual to sort of get comfortable with that concept that we can talk about it, we can share about it, we can be honest about it, about ourselves or those that we know or love, um, and that, um, that, you know, recognizing just like any other illness, treatment is available and treatment works. And so we can, um, we just need to let go. Let's let that, my, you know, my New Year's resolution Hopefully, it's the, the listeners' New Year's resolution. In 2019, 
I'm going to let that fly away from me that this isn't anything to be embarrassed or ashamed or afraid to talk about. Uh, let's walk, let's stomp on eggshells about it. We don't have to tiptoe around the eggshells anymore. Let's just go ahead and be open and talk about it. And by the way, I think a really, uh, some of the leaders, uh, in this or have been this last year, more and more celebrities are being much more open about it. And, of course, I always think of Demi Lovato first, but there are others, uh, and quite a few others that are being much more open and uh, talking about um, this. And I think there's something in our culture which, when our celebrity um, level folk, when if if they can if it can be about them, well, if it's, it, I can do it too. So I think that's been a real game changer. But I think we can still do the same thing. The listeners can do it in their own world, in their, uh, around their, the, the schools that their children are in, um, uh, in their faith communities um, is a real big, important place to be able and the workplace to be able to talk about that with your neighbors and talk about it. So in our own world, uh, we can have just the same impact that these celebrities are having across these different um uh, modalities of commu- how they communicate with their publics. So um, anyway, I, I think it's uh, a great uh, New Year's resolution and uh, one I'm committed to, and I hope the listeners of the podcast are open to it also. You know, Mike, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thanks again to Mike and all of our guests today for giving us such great ways to end homelessness, prevent suicide, help reform the criminal justice system, and finally, Fight the stigma of mental illness. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will consider a gift to Mental Health Association Oklahoma to support the mental health download. You can donate today at mhaok.org. Okay, go do good things.